of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast, available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode this story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Ferguson. At Ferguson, your project is our priority. Whether you're building a new home or working on a remodel, Ferguson showrooms are designed to inspire. Ferguson Associates are experts. They can help with bath, kitchen, lighting projects, and just so much more. And they can help you pick out the perfect products. They can help get your orders facilitated. And they can even manage delivery coordination. They work with builders and remodelers, designers, and homeowners to make sure that every project runs smoothly start to finish. They're going to take care of the details so you're happy. Book your one-on-one -on -one appointment at fergusonshowrooms.com to get started. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Happy Saturday. Today's Saturday classic did not come out in October or otherwise in proximity to Halloween. Lately, when I've had a little bit of downtime that I've wanted to fill with something comforting, I've been watching episodes of the TV show Designing Women, which ran in the 1980s and 90s. And on one of the ones I saw recently, there was this joke about Elvis Presley still being alive and hanging out with Judge Crater and Laika the Space Dog. And I was like, hey, we did an episode on that judge. <laughs> yes, we did. This episode is called The Disappearance of Judge Joseph Force Crater, and it originally came out on February 24th, 2014. It also mentions Elvis, and it is today's Saturday Classic. So enjoy. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Holly Crime. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. Uh, Tracy, have you ever heard someone thinking they were a comedian get on a PA like at a store and say, Judge Crater, call your office? It rings a bell. Yeah, I, I have vague recollections of it, but it seems like uh, weird 
things when I was very young or faux memory. Mm -hmm. But uh, people who have heard that or didn't know that was a thing, it was a thing people would do. Uh, Comedians would also use that line. And it's actually a joke that's housed in a historical reference. Yeah, I think I thought it was from television. No. Like that it had something to do with Mrs. Wiggins or something. No. Uh, So the vanishing of... Judge Joseph Force Crater is one of our most requested topics. Uh, lots of people want to hear about it. And it's considered one of the largest missing person cases in the U.S. Uh, in history. And it was uh, one of the biggest news stories of the 1930s, probably second only to the Lindbergh baby, which happened a couple years later. And it's actually fueled decades of speculations about what exactly happened to this New York State Supreme Court justice, because there are a million question marks And as we'll talk about a little bit more later, and as we've talked about in many other episodes, uh, a lot of contradicting accounts of what actually happened. Right. So we'll do a very brief kind of biographical where he started, but really we're going to focus on his career in this vanishing. Yeah. So he was born in Pennsylvania on the 5th of January, 1889. His parents were Frank Ellsworth Crater and Layla Virginia Montague, and he was named for his grandfather. And he worked his way through Lafayette College and Columbia Law School. He took clerk jobs uh, and, you know, kind of tried to work in law offices as he was working on his education. And from day one, he seemed to always cultivate professional and political connections. Uh, And he eventually opened his own law office at 120 Broadway. And that was in what was, I believe at the time... Uh, one of the largest office buildings in the country, and it was a little bit prestigious. In 1916, he represented Stella Wheeler in a divorce, and later the they got married in 1917, and that was a week after Wheeler's divorce was finalized. Yeah, she kind of found she, love at the law office. She married her divorce lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Early on in his career, Crater joined the Cayuga Democratic Club, which was the seat of uh, another group you may have heard of, which is the Tammany Society. Sometimes it's also called Tammany Hall, uh, which was a New York political organization that had actually originated in the late 1700s. And as time went on, it came to be associated with corrupt voting practices, bribery, and other political corruption. Uh, The phrase vote early and vote often was heavily associated with the Tammany Society, particularly in the late 1800s, although I don't believe that is where it originated. Uh, But the group continued to be linked to corruption well into the 1900s. So Crater was kind of joining in with this group of people that had some kind of seedy connections. Uh, There's even a Dr. Seuss political cartoon from 1941 featuring the phrase vote early and vote often and a cat wearing a Tammany sweater. So widely recognized as a little bit dicey political arena there. Yeah. So in 1920, State Supreme Court Justice Robert F. Wagner Sr. appointed Crater as his secretary. And at this point, Crater was also teaching law at Fordham and NYU as an adjunct professor. Yeah, so he was getting in with, you know, kind of the heavy hitters in the justice system at this point. And he, you know, had various political appointments that came his way and opportunities that came his way. And they were, you know, believed to be uh, favor-based or possibly bribe-based in many accounts. But the one interesting kind of counter to that is that even though people don't necessarily contradict that being the case, that they they weren't always gotten through the most noble means, uh, he was viewed as really quite a good lawyer and, in fact, an excellent professor by many people. Uh, 
and even though he was doing all of these uh, kind of favor appointments and, you know, possibly corruptly gained positions, he was still making most of his income from actually practicing law. But his business was booming because he had all of these political connections. So there's kind of almost a... Um, there's a lot of interplay. Yeah, there's a lot. It's like a layers of an onion, but all the layers interconnect sort of Tesseract style. Like they're all kind of feeding each other from different angles. On April 8th, 1930, Franklin D. Roosevelt, who at that point was the governor, appointed Crater to a vacancy on the state Supreme Court. So there's already rumors going on that he actually bought his way into the position by paying off the Tammany bosses. There are stories that indicate that he had withdrawn $20,000 from his bank just before the appointment. It's not completely confirmed. But if so, that would support the rumor that there was a big payoff going on. Yeah, and that was a a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money for somebody now, but... It was even more a lot of money. In 1930, to just go pull out $20,000 yes. is a lot. So we're going to jump right to his disappearance. Because it happened very shortly after... He was appointed to the state Supreme Court. So on August 3rd of 1930, uh, Judge Crater was on vacation in Maine with his wife, Stella, uh, in there. They had a vacation house there. And he abruptly left to return to New York City. And he had done this previously a couple of weeks or a week before and then came back. And so, again, he was kind of leaving abruptly. And he had promised her that he would return within the week so that they could finish out their vacation together. On the morning of August 6, 1930, Joe Crater went through his office in the state Supreme Court chambers, and he destroyed all kinds of documents and then also packed up other stuff into folders and briefcases. And he moved a lot of documents into his Fifth Avenue apartment. And he also directed his clerk to withdraw $5,000 from his bank. Uh, And he arranged for a ticket to that evening's Broadway performance of Dancing Partners, which was a show that had opened just the day before. That evening, Crater left Billy Haas's chop house on West 45th Street after having dinner with a showgirl named Sally Lou Ritz and his friend and fellow lawyer, William Klein. He headed off, allegedly going to the theater. And the theater ticket that he had booked earlier in the day was used, though witnesses said it was most definitely not Judge Crater who actually used it. And then he was never seen again. It was just four months after his appointment to the state Supreme Court, and he had just vanished. Yeah, completely into thin air. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you someone who's developed a keen awareness of life's nonsense and found their way around it? Someone who zigs when the rest of the world zags? Someone who doesn't put up with life's yada yada? If you're nodding your head yes, then it might be time to check out Metro by T-Mobile. At Metro, there's not a yada yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada yada yada. Outsmarting yada yada means things like avoiding those surprise subscriptions. I definitely ordered a one-time Valentine present recently. And then I got an email thanking me for joining their subscription program. Not a thing I had even realized I was doing. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. Helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. So it will sound completely odd initially, and it is odd, but there's some sort of explanations for it. But Crater wasn't actually reported missing for almost a month. His wife, who he had left in Maine, thought he was in the city, and she didn't really grow concerned until uh, the 16th, which point, at which point it had been about 10 days since she had seen him and she hadn't been able to contact him. And some of his friends and associates in the city initially thought he was still in Maine with his wife, so they weren't thinking there was anything amiss. But then uh, it became apparent that he was MIA when he didn't show up for court when court was back in session. Uh, And initially, his friends that had already realized that he wasn't immediately available, they kind of started to investigate themselves, and they chose not to tell his wife because he didn't want to alarm her. Yeah. This seems bizarre to, like, a really modern ear, because now cell phones are ubiquitous. Yeah. But 
landline phones were not ubiquitous at this point. Like, Yeah, so you would go days and days without hearing from someone. Yeah, there were many, many households that didn't even have phones in them. So it's not completely unheard of that a person would be used to not hearing from their partner for that long. The very thought is terrifying to me. Uh, Yeah, me too. I I don't get a text from my husband by a certain point in the day and I start freaking out. Like something bad has happened. Uh, And it uh, wasn't until August 25th that a formal investigation began. Uh, So at that point, it had been about 20 days. And even then, it didn't really hit the newspapers and become public knowledge until September 3rd. And at that point, the news was broken that Judge Crater was officially missing. So the official investigation started. And once that was made public, all kinds of less than noble things, a lot of which had been rumored for a really long time, came to light. He was involved in brokering deals to buy and sell judgeships. And he definitely had a taste for dalliances with showgirls. Although a lot of people characterize his marriage to Stella as being very devoted. So, yeah. And I I never know how much of that is um, people kind of trying to paint a nice picture of this guy that they knew and they were friends with. Or how much of it really is that he seemed to have, you know, both a very steadfast devotion to his wife and a tendency to have affairs on the side. Right. Which I suppose is possible. Yeah, I would say that's possible. Uh, Especially for someone in a position of power. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he would certainly have available to him a lot of options. It was in a a temptation-rich environment, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, There was also a news story that ran briefly in September of 1930, so just a little while after Judge Crater vanished, that Sally Lou Ritz, who, remember, was the showgirl that he had dinner with the night he vanished, had also disappeared. Uh, And this caused people to immediately speculate that she had been killed by someone to keep her quiet. But apparently uh, that report was published in haste because while reporters couldn't locate her for a day or two, it soon turned out that she was, in fact, in her parents' home in Ohio, perfectly safe, and she was interviewed there. So initially there was an even seedier thing that people thought was coming to light, and then it turned out to be nothing. But on a similar story... June Bryce, who was rumored to be his favorite showgirl, did vanish in late 1930, but she resurfaced later in an insane asylum, and that's where she lived for the rest of her life. In early 1931, so still just a few months after Judge Crater had vanished, his wife Stella allegedly found a two-inch thick envelope in a bureau in the couple's Fifth Avenue apartment. And this envelope contained insurance policies and $6,000 in cash, as well as a letter that was written by Joe Crater, which listed out people who owed him money, uh, and it was very insistent that this information was confidential. And presumably, uh, according to many people's assessment of the situation, he had left this information for Stella so that she could collect on these debts to support herself and maintain her lifestyle. And this raised all kinds of other questions, like how did the police miss this envelope during their searches of the apartment uh, when they were investigating? Right. Like during a missing person investigation, you do a pretty thorough combing of their personal effects. One would think that they looked in the bureau. But apparently not. So it could have been overlooked. But the other thing that rang very oddly to Crater's friends uh, about this discovery of this envelope was that they insisted that the judge always carried his insurance policies and his other important documents on his person. 
Uh, so if he had been snatched, theoretically, which sounds completely bizarre to me, but... <laughs> I'm laughing um, at that. That's why you're saying that, because uh, I'm laughing at this idea. Yeah, just I can't imagine carrying important documents with me everywhere. I'm like, that's not safe at all. I'm just going to oh. have my birth certificate on my person at right. all times. So their, uh, you know, assertion is that if he had truly been, you know, kidnapped or plucked from his normal goings-on, he would have had those documents with him and not tucked carefully in an envelope left for his wife. And so this fact, as well as the discovery of several other small personal effects in the Fifth Avenue apartment that Crater was known to carry on his person at all times, uh, and they were just sitting in the apartment. So this fed the theory that Judge Crater had, in fact, chosen to vanish rather than having been the victim of a crime. So... His wife had this ongoing struggle to collect on the insurance policies, and as a result of that, in 1939, Joseph Crater was legally declared dead. In 1979, the missing persons case was officially closed. Yeah, it's, uh, without him being declared dead, life insurance policies would not pay out. Right. Because he could just show up again and it could all have been a scam. So. I feel like that's a soap opera plot. <laughs> I, well, it kind of was. There was a whole other trial that went on yeah. with Stella uh that really dragged on and it sounds just miserable. Uh, So an interesting point in terms of how Stella handled things after the disappearance and long after she had settled these life insurance issues is that for more than three decades, so every anniversary of her husband's disappearance, Stella Crater would walk into a bar in Greenwich Village uh, and she would order two drinks and she would toast, good luck, Joe, wherever you are. And she would drink one of the drinks and she would leave the other drink untouched and then leave. Which in a way sounds very sort of wistful and sad and romantic. Yeah, it makes me feel a little teary. But then the part of me that wonders if she long suspected or even knew that he had arranged his own vanishing, if it's not kind of a like, wherever you are, jerk, I'm drinking in your honor. Uh, But that might just be my cynical side (laughs) coming out. So we have lots of theories about what happened and reported sightings. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what happens with missing persons. Yeah. Uh, So there are so-called craterists, and these are unsolved mystery enthusiasts who study all these pieces of this puzzle to try to come up with the most logical explanation for what happened. And they've come up with a lot of explanations throughout the years, and even people who don't identify as part of that group. Uh, Yeah. Some of the theories have included that he uh, was a victim of a hit because of a mob connection and some sort of deal gone wrong. There's... Ran off with a showgirl. Yeah, since it it was at this point, you know, once he disappeared, it became very public knowledge that, in fact, he had had a lot of affairs with showgirls. Right. So perhaps he R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Right. <laughs> uh, the other one, this one I kind of find hilarious, and uh, I don't know why. Because it's very silly is why. It's far-fetched. There are some that assert that he somehow became amnesic. Like, he had amnesia and couldn't remember who he was or what he was doing. Because soap opera. Because soap opera, which so much of the actual story is very soapish. You can see where people might land there. There's also the theory that he committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, There's also a theory that he was maybe killed by a blackmailer for not paying them off. Uh, There's also a theory that he landed at Polly Adler's brothel. So allegedly, according to these early drafts of a memoir that uh, Adler wrote much later, she wrote that Crater died in her bordello and that she had had his body removed by friends. Um, We don't really have these alleged drafts, though. Right. 
uh, we're kind of taking someone's word for it that they, oh, I've seen these drafts. But I cannot show you them. But now they're gone and destroyed. Uh, so we don't know. Uh, that's another that's another kind of soap opera-ish one that people like to talk about, that he died in the arms of a prostitute and then there was a big cover-up. Uh, and for decades, the New York Police Department received letters and phone calls from people all over the U.S. and the world claiming to have seen Judge Crater, and particularly as important anniversaries of the disappearance would you know uh, be coming up or just pass. So like at the 20-year mark, they got a ton of these calls. At the 30-year mark, they got a ton of these calls. And he's been reported as being seen everywhere from walking down Park Avenue, on jets to other countries, prospecting in California, herding sheep in the Pacific Northwest. I guess someone thought maybe he had a, a yen for a simpler life. Uh, in a mental hospital in Missouri, playing dice in Atlanta, running small-time casino games in North Africa, uh, just hanging out in Havana in the South Pacific, in Shanghai, basically anywhere and everywhere on the planet doing any possible thing you could be doing. He has been reported as having been witnessed doing and being that thing in that place. Yeah, he's like a judicial Elvis. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was reading all of these weird accounts that people have reported through the years. Yeah. So there have even been some staged hoaxes. There was one in the 1970s where police were called to a bar on New York's east side, and they found a man dressed as Crater as he had appeared when he vanished in 1930. And they had lots of video cameras. Yeah, and the, the person that was playing Crater in this staged hoax also looked like Crater would have looked in the 1930s, so it was clearly not the same person. When we get into the time traveler theory. Yeah, he was a doctor. Um, uh, So before we get to another development that happened in the 2000s... A much more recent thing, yeah. We will pause for just a moment for a word from our sponsor. Yes. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, 
there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you someone who's developed a keen awareness of life's nonsense and found their way around it? Someone who zigs when the rest of the world zags? Someone who doesn't put up with life's yada yada? If you're nodding your head, yes, then it might be time to check out Metro by T-Mobile. At Metro, there's not a yada yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada yada yada. Outsmarting yada yada means things like avoiding those surprise subscriptions. I definitely ordered a one-time Valentine present recently, and then I got an email thanking me for joining their subscription program. Not a thing I had even realized I was doing. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. So now we get to a very interesting letter. Right. In April 2005, Stella Ferrucci Good of Belrose, New York, died at the age of 91. And this would have been a completely unremarkable circumstance, but she left behind a letter that reignited the Judge Crater case. And in an envelope that uh, she had left behind that said, Do not open until my death, uh, Ferrucci Good left a note that claimed that her late husband had learned the actual truth about what had happened to Crater and who had murdered him. According to this note, a New York Police Department policeman named Charles Burns and Burns' taxi driver brother, Frank, conspired with other people to kill the judge and bury his remains under the boardwalk in Coney Island near West 8th Street. And one interesting point of note, uh, and this comes up a lot, particularly as we're looking through some of this uh, information that was revealed in the note, is that various media reports of the contents of this note, even though this is a fairly modern event, uh, as well as other aspects of the crater disappearance that have been reported through the years, have been consistently inconsistent. Uh, In some stories about the Ferrucci Good note, uh, it's reported that her husband was actually involved in the murder, 
And in other reportings of this note, they say that her husband was simply told about it by Charles Burns while they were having drinks in a bar. So Frank Burns allegedly picked Crater up in his cab from the chop house that we referenced earlier on West 45th Street, then stopped a few blocks later, and two more men got into the cab. The car then headed to Coney Island, where they were joined by two more men, and that's when the judge, according to this letter, was killed and buried. And this is where we need to point out another inconsistency in the various accounts of the last time that Judge Crater was seen. If you look through any of the various, uh, you know, books about it, and there have been many uh, newspaper accounts, etc., some report that witnesses saw him getting into a cab, which at least sort of connects to the idea that Frank Burns could have picked him up in a cab. But others insist that there is no such witness testimony that he walked away from the chop house and did not get into a cab. So that's another kind of pebble to turn over in your mind on this about how inconsistent everything is. Yeah. Although we've talked about lots of different motives that people could have for wanting to kill a judge who was involved in nefarious activities, there was no motive mentioned in the note. Uh, There was, for fact checkers, a Charles Burns that was on the police force from 1926 to 1946, uh, and he was assigned to the 60th Precinct, which is in Coney Island. So there is some substantiation of some of the information in this note, but then other things are a lot murkier. Right. There are some reports that indicate that in the 50s, when the New York Aquarium was being built, remains were found under the boardwalk. Other sources say that there is no such evidence and that this is just a rumor. And since there hasn't been any kind of big announcement that Crater's remains were found, either way, the case remains unsolved. Uh, If there had been a body unearthed in the 50s, you would think that the first person that most people would think of would have been that it was the famous missing judge. Yeah, that's another one that news outlets will say, like, there were... Uh, there was a body found in the 50s. We've called the police for confirmation. And others will say there are rumors that there was a body found there in the 50s, but we've called the police and they firmly deny this. So it's kind of interesting and a little bit confusing. In the words of Simon Rifkind, who was a lawyer who worked with Joe Crater and I think to some degree viewed him as a mentor, and Rifkind actually signed the form that formally opened the investigation into the disappearance, Uh, He described him as saying, quote, Judge Crater was a man of such commanding appearance, he couldn't possibly get lost in a crowd. And Rifkind is not alone in that sort of description. This was a man who was very dapper. He was always well-dressed. Many people would have called him handsome. Uh, You know, a tall, commanding presence. Not someone who could just vanish. One of the problems that's ongoing in this whole mystery is that there's all kinds of obfuscation and spin that's been put on the case through the years as many, many, many authors and different people who have a little part in the mystery have published their own accounts of the disappearance. So as with any event, eyewitness accounts also contradict each other. And there's uh, also the possibility that people are purposefully bending the truth. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, no, no, my account is the correct account. I am writing the new version of what really happened, and it's supported by these things. But there's always something different. So what really happened to Judge Crater in 1930, I would say at this point it's a safe bet we will never actually know. For all we know, he lived out his life somewhere very happily elsewhere. Or he's been at the bottom of a body of water for a long time. Or any number of other things. We right. just don't know. 
so yes, that's the Judge Crater disappearance. It kind of leaves more questions than answers, unfortunately. But yeah, sometimes when so many people really want us to talk about something, we get pretty invested in wanting to deliver on that, even though we don't wind up at a satisfactory yeah. mystery-solving conclusion. Yeah, there isn't any. I think a lot of people that were very into the case were probably so excited in 2005 when that letter appeared uh, and possibly solved it, but it really didn't, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us on this Saturday. Since this episode is out of the archive, if you heard an email address or a Facebook URL or something similar over the course of the show, that could be obsolete now. Our current email address is historypodcast at iheartradio.com. Our old How Stuff Works email address no longer works. You can find us all over social media at Missed in History. And you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.